describe what you're feeling right now? No words. These guys have fought their butts off all year against all the odds. And they, we, nev we never splintered. We stayed together. We had some tough losses. We had some tough situations. They found a way today. I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be their coach. You seem to be getting a little emotional. Why? This is my school. This is home. That's it. If somebody would have told you two weeks ago that you would be the head coach of this program, you would knock off your rival and you'd be going bowling, what would you have told them? I don't believe you. Pinch me. Pinch me. I don't want to wake up. I love these guys. That's my school. This is home. That's it. Look, y'all, those words uttered by Virginia Tech interim head coach J.C. Price had every member of Hokie Nation emotional on Saturday evening. This team has been through a lot this season, and we could have easily folded and let UVA beat us like a drum. That didn't happen. Pat, Billy, Ray, and I all have some crody. We all probably, I think for the first time this season, picked Virginia Tech to lose. That, that's very, very rare. Uh, and I think I speak for all of us when I say that we've never been happier to, quote unquote, eat crow a day in our lives. Um, I, I think I speak for everyone in Hokie Nation when I say this game was a testament to our logo. It was a testament to the kids in the locker room who put on that uniform every week. And it's a testament to a candle that, yes, is still burning. There is still a flame, even though the output of the light has probably been the darkest it's been, at least in my lifetime. Um, I said to my buddy Austin Bourne before this game kicked off, ultimately the Commonwealth Cup, it's always been about who wants it more. And for the last 21 out of 23, Virginia Tech has wanted it more. Uh, so this week, food tastes better, beer is colder, the sun is shining a little bit brighter. It's our land stadium north, it's our cup, and it's our state or commonwealth, as I always like to, to gripe Billy Ray and Pat about. And now that it is the holiday season, all the who's down in Whoville are crying, boo who. What a shame. With that said, my name is Grayson Wimbish on the West Coast, reporting live out of San Diego, California. For the first time, and Bill is not here, Billy Ray is back home in Bergen County, New Jersey. Billy Ray Mitchell and Pat Finn is out of Charlotte, North Kakalaki, and we are the Sons of Saturday. If this is your first time joining us, uh, we do this thing every week, Virginia Tech-based podcast. Um, we are presented by our friends down at the Main Street Pharmacy. Look, y'all, Sons of Supporting Local Business. We're going to go, uh, any anytime you're in Blacksburg, you need to go down to South Main Street, see our guy, Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts. He's got your Sunday morning coming down, Pedialyte. He's got your Monster Energy, all your prescription needs. He used to, back in the day, have all of your COVID necessities, but we've moved on from that now. So go down there, check him out. We're very, very proud to partner with the Main Street Pharmacy. Pat Finn, please, we got some hokey haikus. All right. So we got two, uh, two haikus submitted here this week, one from Chris May. The cup is back home. Little brother back in bed. All is right again. Love it, Chris May. And then Travis Dye, as always, the gobble shots tailgate submitting a haiku this week. We just stormed your field. We just took our cup back home. Who's punched in the neck? Love it. Love it. Love it. Fun, fun, fun weekend in Charlottesville. Whether you were there storming the field, whether you were in the stands cheering along uh, or back 
watching at home with your family and friends. What a fantastic way to cap off the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about it, but before we get into it, just, just to let you guys know what happened. Virginia Tech won the game 29-24. to 24. A, a you know a very heroic, dramatic, thrilling ending at Scott Stadium. Uh, you know you have the you have the two point conversion, you have the fu- or not the two point conversion, you have the safety, you have the fumble, and then Virginia Tech defense comes up clutch uh, to punch out UVA. Hokies storm the field. JC Price smokes a cigar. The flag is planted, really everything that you could ask for in a rivalry game. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make a great story one day. I got to say, before we even get into it, guys, I was thinking back on the Virginia Tech, Virginia Commonwealth Cup game over the past, you know, decade or so. And this game has really been just down to the wire, down to the fourth quarter, you know, sometimes needing overtime. But if you talk about 2021, 2019, 2018, 2017 was a close game. Um, 2015, 2014, all of those games really came, came down to, you know, the last minute or two of the game. And Saturday was no different. I, I swear, you know, the mini heart attacks were by the dozen. Uh, in Scott Stadium and at home uh, as well. But guys, where did we watch? Where did we tailgate? Any other uh, any other fun feedback from the weekend? Billy Ray, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I just want to um, double down on what you said. What an absolutely incredible football game. It's been an incredible football game for the last few years. And what an incredible day of football in general Saturday was. I mean, I I think I tweeted this out after – I was laying in bed, not being able to sleep. Um, what just an unbelievable day of football. You had the Virginia game, the LSU game, the Oklahoma game, uh, the Iron Bowl, like the best Iron Bowl ever. Um, just absolutely incredible. So I was originally going to go down. Um, I was originally supposed to go down with Pat, and uh, uh, I ended up going to the state sectional semifinal with my old coaching staff from Paramus Catholic. They won, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to drink my old coaches and teammates and um, I'm going to save myself 10 hours of driving. It's Jackson's last day home. And uh, that's what I did. And um, I watched, uh, I watched it home for, with family, mom, dad, um, Nestorowitz was Nestorowitz's, Nestorowitz's were there. Uh, Matt Rivera, Greg Smith, uh, the four Ziottis. Um, It was great. It was a ton of fun. We brought two TVs down uh, and, and just watched football all day long and it was uh it was a ton of fun missed a good one but uh say made the smart decision pat i actually called your father and i said look your son's gonna be mad at me but i just wanted to confirm with you what's the smart thing to do here drive 10 hours in one day and he goes billy ray pat's gonna be angry but i think you're making the right decision so that's what i did stayed home (laughs) (laughs) so was he right about me being angry did i seem a little angry when you told me it went from it went from trying to change my mind to realizing my mind wasn't going to be changed, but also let me know that he still wanted me to be there to disappointment to, you know what, let's just win today. It was like the six stages of, uh, of being <laughs> upset. Look, Pat wanted a friendship just as bad as I wanted a friendship, but you know, it was what it was. The job, the job was handled. Yeah. Yeah. Was disappointed. Pat, Pat, you broke a streak this week. We have to talk about uh, sons of streak streak breakery. 
Shout out to Steve Bryce. Yeah, can we talk about that? <laughs> this was this was kind of one of the storylines that ran under the radar this weekend. Uh, you know, I said, what which game was it? Um, West Virginia was my seventh loss in a row on the road. <laughs> and you know, that that was dating back to the Florida State game in 2018. That was the last time I had won a road game. I'd probably been to, yeah, I guess, you know, over half a dozen road games. Uh, that includes at UVA. Uh, at Pittsburgh, at uh, West Virginia, there were a lot of losses. Essentially, Notre Dame two years at ago, Notre Dame yeah. in 2019, and oh, at Wake Forest and COVID Wake, Forest, Wake Forest in Carolina last year, and, and two COVID bowls. But I said, guys, I'm not going to Boston. I'm not going to Miami. I'm not going to Georgia Tech. I will go to Charlottesville, and there's one reason why, because there is nothing like being in that stadium when Virginia Tech is leading the University of Virginia when the clock hits zero. It is so much fun. I, I think that was my fifth Commonwealth Cup game at Scott Stadium, and I've, I haven't missed a Commonwealth Cup uh, since my senior year of high school other than the COVID game last year. And for me, it's just kind of like one of those – unwritten rules always go to the uva game it's always going to be a good time there's always going to be a ton of people there and especially in charlottesville um you know all your family and friends are going to show up because that's what we do we take over their stadium and we take over their field so yeah grayson where did you watch where did you tailgate yeah uh you know i i always kind of have this rule i i don't like to watch this game at a bar ever uh, the one time I did was 2019 and look what happened. Uh, so I, I ended up watching at fellow Hokie Boston Burke's apartment with a group of LA Hokies. Shout out to Austin Bourne, shout out to Danny Moriarty. Uh, and then shout out to my buddy, Carl, who was out there with us as well. Uh, just after Thanksgiving, absolute blast had some, uh, had some cold beer. I think all of us were very, very surprised. Uh, I think just everybody in general was surprised, but great, great day. Unfortunately, had to work later that evening, so that was kind of a buzzkill. But you know, it is what it is. I was happy. So before we get into likes and dislikes, guys, uh, had had a fun tailgate and watched in section one eleven. Um, you walk into the stadium and there's like hundreds of bleachers in section one eleven, which is kind of like um, the lower level where Virginia Tech fans get their tickets and. This is where we went in 2019 too, um, where like we watched the first quarter up in the upper deck and saw like literally hundreds of empty bleachers or UVA fans dressed as empty bleachers in 111 and 112. Uh, went down there, but really enjoyed the uh, the tailgate. Uh, my guy Croze J Jay Osborne Jay and I we tailgated together twice this year. Carolina and UVA two and zero when seeing Croze J, uh, so that was awesome. But I uh, saw the Section 5 crew, the Chocolates, the Barlows, um, you know, hung out with the Wyans at the game. Heart Daddy and Karsten hung out with them at the game. A lot of We, we can do some more shout-outs and Sharky shout-outs, but um, a pleasure seeing everyone on Saturday. So, okay, let's talk about the game. Likes and dislikes, we'll kick it off with what we liked, what we enjoyed uh, from the offensive side of the ball for Virginia Tech. And I think going into this game, we all knew that Tech was going to have to score points because UVA's offense is, you know, pretty, pretty phenomenal uh, in the past game. But 
Braxton Burmeister had himself a heck of a day, man. Um, only threw or only completed six of his passes. He threw 14 total passes, completed six of them for 141 yards and a touchdown. Um, one of them being, you know, that huge play to Tavion Robinson in the first quarter, which was a, I think it was like a 61 or 61 yard touchdown uh, to Sweet Feet Tay. Perfect pass, delivered a dime, but Braxton really ran the ball well. The guy was getting into open space all afternoon. Um, he had the, the massive 71 yard run, um, which we didn't score any points off of that possession. Um, but tw- uh, 12 carries, 115 yards for Braxton, really exposing the UVA defense. Um, and the running game really in general um, was phenomenal on Saturday. You had Blackshear. Welcome back, Raheem Blackshear. After, you know, not getting really any carries at all in Miami last week, he goes for 169 yards, a touchdown, um, and averaged 9.4 yards per carries on 18 carries. It was just so much fun to watch every single time he had the ball in his hands, he was, he was making people miss and he's just so dangerous in space, both Blackshear and Burmeister in space are a recipe for, uh, for some big gains. And he won ACC running back of the week for the second time in three weeks. You know, he had a great game against Duke. He had a great game at UVA. Um, so really want to shout out Blackshear for, for igniting the, uh, the Hokies offense on the running game. Yeah, not to belabor the point, but uh, this is the first time Tech eclipsed 300 yards rushing all season. Um, really, really impressive. Uh, just a phenomenal effort from everybody in that room. You mentioned uh, Blackshear. You mentioned uh, Burmeister with 115. Blumrick had 28 yards. Malachi Thomas, only four carries for 12 yards. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was just uh, – it was awesome to see. Um, the other thing I would point out that I thought was a little uh, a little bizarre – was this was the first time it, it look it's not like we didn't know that UVA's defense was absolutely abhorrent right um if you go ahead and you look at their state schedule um I mean they gave up 40 points to Georgia Tech 66 points to BYU um and uh 48 points to Pittsburgh and uh like you said Pat name of the game was to come in uh take care of the football as best as possible um, and, and find a way to outscore the university of Virginia and Braxton Burmeister, you know, six for 14, 141 yards, one touchdown, 10 yards per completion. It's kind of funny. My buddy, Matt Rivera at halftime, it was like uh, Braxton had like, (laughs) like uh, I think a hundred yards passing one touchdown and like a 50% completion percentage. And he goes, man, that's a Braxton Burmeister stat line, but he got it done with his feet. He found a way to get it done with his feet. And I think that's what we've been missing this entire year is that's such an important part of his game that with this injury, I mean, you can see kind of when he knows he's about to get tackled, trying to angle himself to not fall on the wrong shoulder. Um, you know, uh, we were able to see him be extremely effective when he's able to run the ball, when he's able to pull it. Um, so really did a great job getting the job done. And uh, for what it's worth, Braxton Burmeister, 93.1 QBR versus Brendan Armstrong's 61.1 QBR. Braxton Burmeister unlocked, question mark? Who knows? Who knows? Good good things happen when you don't turn the ball over. Um, I want to say this was Braxton's first game where he rushed for over 100 yards. Um, Definitely the first game this year, maybe the first game in his Virginia Tech career, um, or maybe even his entire college career. But, yeah, he had a great day. 
explosive plays were the name of the game. We had three plays that were over 50 yards for the first time all year on Saturday. And uh, another guy that was just awesome. Well, two guys, Tavion Robinson, getting the ball to Tavion was huge. Um, three catches, 89 yards, and that one big touchdown in the first quarter. He also threw for a touchdown. Um, you know, that was sick. <laughs> I know Grayson's going to talk about that a little bit. Um, and Daywan Lofton, two receptions, 42 yards with a long of 35. Uh, Daywan Lofton is going to be really special. I know we talked about that guy throughout the preseason, and we really haven't seen him until – um, you know, later in the season to get more burn and get more targets. Um, and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with Trey Turner being out on um, on Saturday. But Lofton's going to be a star and love to see him contribute. Grayson. Think about how important, uh, one, one last thing, think about how important Daywan Lofton's contributions were. Um, if you go ahead and, and you look at Virginia's, how they spread the ball around, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, wide receivers and one offensive lineman catch passes for them uh, on that, on that day. And Virginia tech had three wide receivers and one quarterback catch passes. Um, so, you know, you look at Tavion Robinson, he had three catches. Day one had two Caleb Smith had one and Braxton Burmeister had one. Um, not as, not as thick of a, of a group as we thought Trey Turner was it was a I don't know what a healthy scratch means if somebody knows what a healthy scratch is please please fill me in I'm not sure <laughs> does that mean the coach had him sit out this is the medical team had him sit out I don't know what that means um but yeah everybody had to step up and in a game of explosive plays um we found ways to get it done so glad day one often was able to come on especially late in this season he's made a huge difference and I'm pretty sure he also had uh he had a huge what third down conversion Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was, that was awesome. I, I agree. I mean, all the hype, you know, Trey Turner talked about it, that kid's going to be special. I'm, I'm gassed. Uh, in this game, I, I think the thing that I just love the most, we didn't cower. We, we didn't come out and play afraid, at least offensively. We knew the game. We knew its implications. We knew what was at stake. And so we threw the ax at him. Uh, the 61 yard touchdown pass to Tavion Robinson, I think is the prettiest ball I've ever seen Braxton Burmeister throw. The fact that it was a touchdown probably adds to that a little bit. Um, and it was also awesome. You know, you think back to last year's game, they had a huge connection in that game for a touchdown as well. Uh, which, which kind of helped seal the game last year. Uh, you two have talked about it. Raheem Blackshear was absolutely eating. One touchdown, 169 yards on 18 carries, had that long of 50 yards. Um, and then also shout out to the offensive line. Uh, I mean, if you go back and you watch the tape, uh, the holes that Raheem Blackshear was running through, Shenandoah Valley-esque. I mean, just very, very wide gaps. Um, so credit to the Vice Squad, absolutely. Uh, and then the Blacksburg Special. Taking a page out of the Philadelphia Eagles book, uh, absolute gangster call. That play had to be executed perfectly for it to work. Uh, shout out to Brad Cornelson for calling it there. That was third down, I believe. Tay kind of got clobbered. It looked like he was about to get popped, but former former QB right there didn't fold. And then I want to shout out Braxton Burmeister for making the catch. I mean, that was – I was worried. That ball had a little bit of hang time there, so – uh, big ups to Braxton Burmeister for playing out of position and same to uh, to Sweet Feet Say because that was a ballsy call. <laughs> a Dude, really it looks ballsy, like they, uh, 
It yeah. looks like they uh that's probably the look they were expecting on their like offensive lineman throwback because there was not a single person on the UVA defense, I think even left of the hash. Yeah. When uh yeah, I mean he could have hung it yeah. for three or four more seconds in the air and nobody probably would have gotten over there. Um so yeah, uh, great, great trickeration to be sprinkled in. Absolutely. Um Pat, defense? Kick it over to the defense here. You know what? What stood out about the defense was two things. Um, well, I guess the main thing is that the defense came to play in the second half. The defense did not necessarily uh, get off the bus in the first half, you know, um, where it seems like Virginia was scoring points at will. And we lucked out that they only had 21 at halftime. Um, but they finished the game with 24, and that's really what matters, that uh, we were able to make those second-half adjustments. You know, um, Dorian Strong did not have a great first half. Um, Alan Tisdale did not necessarily have the great, the best first half. Um, and these guys came out in the second half and were really ferocious and were forcing turnovers and were getting pressure on Brennan Armstrong. Uh, we're forcing safeties. But uh, the guy who really deserves the biggest shout-out, in my opinion, is Tay Daly. I mean, he had an incredible game. Uh, nine tackles and that clutch interception when UVA was driving down the field, had a nice little return as well. Um, Tay Daly, you know, definitely probably had one of his best, if not his best game as a Virginia Tech Hokie on Saturday. Uh, but in, in addition to that, what stood out to me, some of it, you know, in due part to Tay Daly, but just our defense on those last two drives where Virginia had the ball and they were looking to uh, either take the lead or tie the game. And uh, our, our coverage was just fantastic across the middle. Um, and a lot of that had to do with us getting pressure on Armstrong, but also just uh, the linebackers and safeties and coverage were, were fantastic. Um, those were kind of the, the things that stood out to me most uh, regarding our defense. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that I'll add here, sorry, I was a little late. My uh, For the 15th time this season, ESPN decides to play an ad 10 minutes after I go to a page. Uh, on full volume. So I had to figure that out, but yeah, they came out like the house was on fire. I mean, their first drive, 10 plays, 86 yards in four minutes and 10 seconds, second drive, 11 plays, 75 yards, touchdown, four minutes and 18 seconds. Um, It it was kind of reminiscent of last year. Uh, I remember, I think, I don't remember if it was Grayson or Pat or somebody sent in the group chat. Um, It was like, uh Oh, if UVA is going to be driving the ball down the field, like this all game, we're going to be in for some serious trouble, except this year, that's kind of what we expected. We kind of were like, yo, look, like they're going to score points. Brennan Armstrong's tremendous. Like there's no way that we're going to get into like a, one of these 17, 10 type battles. Um, but in terms of that first half, which kind of really helped us out here was, you know, we go down 14 to seven, uh, about to go down 21 to seven. And then UVA after a 10 play 61 yard drive ends up throwing that interception. And then we answer with a touchdown five plays later. Um, and that ended up being the only time we stopped UVA in the first half was on that interception. Um, so, uh, way to bounce back, way to find a way to kind of get a little bit of a momentum swing there. And then, you know, figure it out in the second half. We've seen it before, uh, in the West Virginia game, we saw it in the Miami game. Um, this team has had trouble putting together 60 minutes of solid football. Um, but we're able to make the adjustments necessary to give us a chance to win the game offensively in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it in dislikes, but uh, you got to give credit to the defense. We held this high-powered UVA offense to only 24 points. 
even though Brennan Armstrong went 30 for 46 for 400 yards. With that stat alone, you would think that UVA blew us out of the water, uh, especially given Burmeister's stats, and that's no disrespect to him at all. But it's, you, if you align those two numbers, it doesn't really make sense how we won this football game. Uh, we came alive in the second half. Uh, Jordan Williams forces a fumble that resulted in the safety. Uh, and then we went four downs with zero penalties there at the end. We stopped that very questionable play call from UVA's offensive coordinator. Uh, the pass to the lineman shot up. It was dumb. No, no, that, like, stupid. <laughs> we've been critical of our offensive play calling. I would have thrown my remote. Well, I would have thrown Boston's remote through his $2,000 TV. So I'm glad that didn't happen for us. But anyway. Uh, way to sack up and hold it down after that fumble because as soon as the Blumrick fumble happened, I'm like, oh, boy. I think I've seen this movie one too many times. Unfortunately for us, it did not end that way. So uh, very, you know, all things considered in the second half, happy with how the defense played. Yeah, that Blumrick fumble, I thought it was going to be like, Bryce Perkins' fumble inverse into, you know, Brennan Armstrong leading a game-winning drive, and it didn't happen, which is is the difference between Virginia Tech and Virginia football, gentlemen. Shout out to – when you think about Tay Daly, I was worried when they were driving and they had those four – there was that four downs – I was thinking Tay Daly's going to get a flag. He's going to get a flag right there. It's going to reset, and then they're going to go win. But there was no flag. The pass deflection, pass breakup was clean. Uh, thank God. <laughs> so won the game fair and square. So um, special teams. Special teams play. Uh, we're on likes. Okay. You know it's a great day when Peter Moore only has to punt the ball three times. Um, I feel like every time we get on here, you know, Peter's punting it five or six times. We're talking about how he punted like 48 yards per punt, uh, only three times, including a, well, I guess not including a extremely critical roughing the punter, um, that came before a drive that we scored on. Um, that was honestly one of the biggest turning points in the game. And one of the biggest, uh, things you can, you can jump in on with your microscope and, and, realized that it was a, uh, a critical part of tech winning and momentum and everything here, but uh, three punts, two inside the 20 and one of them was over 50 yards. So a great day again for Peter Moore saw him and Oscar embracing on the field. Some great pictures were shared uh, throughout the weekend. And then John Parker Romo getting it done yet again. Uh, two field goals. When his name was called, he went out there and he uh, banged both of them home uh, of 32 and 38 yards. John Parker Romo, you know, ever since that West Virginia miss, he's only missed two field goals. So he's, he's 17 of 21 on the year. That's a pretty good mark right there from JPR. So shout out to him. Way to finish the regular season strong. Absolutely. Uh, special teams to see a, a, I guess banged up Trey Turner. Uh, don't still don't really know what's going on there. Uh, he did get in for one play in his last game against the Cavaliers. He recovered the onside kick after the safety. 
Uh, I'm just happy that he got in there. I'm happy that he was able to play one snap in in the final game, which ended up being a victory over the Cavaliers. So, uh, good recovery. He's you know if there's one guy who can do it, it's him. Yeah, and I know the um, it was great to see him to be able to contribute and do that. Hands team, love it. We were freaking out and confused in the stands because you know after a safety, it's usually a punt, and I guess this was a. I that guess this rule? is a new rule. I think like some of the people around us were like, new rule, new rule. And I was like, what? You know, um, who's studying, who's studying the, uh, the rule book? Like the rule. Cause you can't onside it. pick a punt. I mean, that's a pretty significant rule change. Is it not? Yeah. It's and I'm wondering like anti-player safety. I, don't, I think that would have been made out of player safety sake. I don't see how that's safer. <laughs> onside kicks are probably the most dangerous play on, on in football. So I don't see how that, uh, I don't see how that helps anybody, honestly. Well, Trey went in and he got it. He got it done, uh, even with the rule change. Dislikes. We'll Are you telling with- me that UVA people were chanting "new rule, new rule"? That's the wackest. It thing wasn't. Ever. There's no way it was them. There was no, that's no not way. What happened. It was them. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. People were saying, "No, no, it's a new rule." You know, they grab you and say, "No, it's a new rule." I was, was imagining. You sit- I was imagining you sitting in a sea of blue and orange, and people were chanting, "New rule, page sixty-four. Like, I was, no, it's not. Yeah, it sounds like some Harry Potter uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dislikes from the offense. Um, I think some of the, I think some of the in and out and exchanging of, uh, Blumrick and, and Braxton was suspect just more. So we weren't on like the goal line. We weren't on the three yard line. We were like on the 15 yard line and, and Blumrick was there. Um, and I think that's where Braxton territory, you know, he, that should be Braxton territory. And if you want to give it to Blumrick, you know, five yards and in like do that. Um, thought that was slightly suspect. Braxton goes for a 71 yard run, gets down to the three yard line and we don't come away with any points that possession. Uh, that sucked. I think, you know, obviously that happens the end of quarter and flipping the field. I mean, I don't want to give anyone the benefit of the doubt there. You got to score there, but, um, thought that was brutal, especially that, uh, the fourth down, Blumrick pass to Raheem Blackshear. I mean, not not necessarily anything that the coaches could have called better. I think that's just execution. And you know, you float that in a little more. It was I don't know. I think Heem should have made the catch. I don't think it was I don't think it was the best throw, but I think Raheem should have made the catch. But you know, whatever. It doesn't it right now it does not matter. I'm gonna I think that's an extremely hard play for him to have to make, especially when if you're gonna dart it in there when he's like in between like am I blocking? Am I still running? That's a tough play. I mean, here's here's how I feel about the Braxton uh Lumrick situation. Is I was happy with the way we handled it in the UVA game after the first quarter because I feel like if you're going with somebody, let him get a rhythm, let him go and and stick it that way. When you're doing this thing where you switch quarterbacks like two or three times in the middle of a drive. I, I, I can't imagine that's very good for somebody's rhythm and very helpful. But again, like who knows if Braxton is signaling to the sideline and saying he's hurt. Like, I, I just don't know. Um, I do know this. We can argue about, you know, some of the uh, selection and insertion of Braxton Burmeister and Connor Blumrick. I would argue that a lot of the people that are upset with Connor Blumrick being in the game are the same people saying that they never wanted to see Braxton Burmeister again after Blumrick's success in Miami. So my gripe would only be, if you're going to go with somebody, give them the drive. 
don't go Blumrick Braxton, Blumrick Braxton, snip, snap, snip, snap. Like in the office, you can't, you can't do both. So, um, but yeah, that's my, uh, that's my take on it. You know, it's funny you say that Billy Ray, because I said verbatim to the people I was watching with, I was saying to my buddy Austin, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, this isn't Tyrod Taylor, Sean Glennon in the Kansas game. Like, I'm like, what do that worked then? This is not that. This is not that at all. Um, you know, with with every win, you got to talk about the things you don't like. And you know, this this win doesn't mask really any greater issues offensively. Uh, the four down goal line stand that we allowed, and the fact that we couldn't score three yards outside of the end zone after Burmeister's run, uh, just don't even get me started and our, our red zone troubles, you know, that for the most part, when we were in the red zone, we were able to score this game, but still the inability to score there is, is head scratching. That's a, it's a problem. Um, and then there was a second to last offensive drive. You know, at that point we have the game in the bag at that point, it was ours to give away. And all we had to do like many times is just keep moving the chains. You kick a field goal games out of reach games over. Uh, but we have to get cute and put in Connor Blumrick. And I'm 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 screaming from the rooftop at this point. He has no business being in the game. Uh, but I'm also not screaming, I never want to see Braxton Burmeister again. I wanted Braxton to finish it out. You gotta have your number one guy out there doing the Bucky Barnes arm swing. I know you guys aren't big Marvel guys, but that's what he does when he's about to fight someone. Uh, and sure enough, you know, Blumrick comes out there, he gets popped, he fumbles the football, and you're like, are we, is this really about how we're, we're about to go out of here? Fumble, they have good field positioning. Brennan Armstrong, if there was one guy in the ACC who can march right down the field on our defense and pick us apart because he had been doing it in the first half, it's him. So I all I could keep saying to myself, I'm like, that was so dumb. That was so dumb. That was so dumb. Why was he in? Why did we put him in? Uh, very head scratching. Thought it was going to be one final kiss of death. From uh, from Brad Cornelson, I really did. Um, so it didn't end that way, but you know, when you're in a rhythm, you go with the guy, and it's no different. It's not. It's and not any different from Braxton Burmeister. It's the same thing with Raheem Blackshear. If he's in a rhythm and he's feeling it, feed the kid. So um, you know, we won the football game, but definitely some head scratching moments on offense for sure. Side note. I just pulled up the condensed game. I didn't think the condensed game would have the highlight, so I decided to see and watch. That is a very tough catch for Blackshear. Um, <laughs> when you said that, I was like, Pat, you're definitely not making that catch. I only <laughs> watched the only, <laughs> only The only replay I saw was in the stadium. Um, that is a tough, tough yeah. play to make. Um, it, tough play altogether because Blumrick's running. He's getting chased. So, yeah. Um, Moving on. Yeah. Defense. Dis- dislikes of the defense. Defense in the first half uh, was not playing very well, and we just really could not shut down their passing attack. Um, they were they were getting really everything, um, everything in the short yardage game, but they were getting a lot of yards after the catch as well. Um, Woods, number zero, the tight end, 6'7". The guy is a moose. Like, he is – he is literally, if a moose put on a UVA jersey and a helmet and pads, um, tough to tackle, super athletic, just super large and lumbering. He's like Logan Thomas if Logan Thomas was even bigger. Um, he had a pretty nice game offensively. 
Um, Wicks had a nice game. And, you know, the entire Virginia offense played very well other than, you know, the turnovers that they did have. Um, what I did not like from Virginia Tech was in the first half, and it was on two of their touchdown plays. One of them was the um, Woods. Woods had a touchdown pass where he caught it at, like, the six-yard line. It was their first score, right? I think it was their first score where he essentially just walked right in without any any challengers from the second and third line of defense from Tech, Dorian Strong, and I think it was Tisdale just completely let him go for it. And I'm thinking, man, if Bud Foster is watching this game, what is he thinking right now? You know, um, and then Brennan Armstrong's touchdown where he did, you know, did the loop-de-loop around the offensive line. And it was, it was like a Tyrod Taylor touchdown. Um, and he trucked three different dudes. And I, I put a tweet out there, but it never posted. I'm glad it didn't post. But, uh, man, that was some of the weakest defensive play I've ever seen from Virginia Tech. You have three guys versus one. I get it. Armstrong's running downhill. But, listen, you are wearing a Virginia Tech logo on your chest. You cannot let Brennan Armstrong truck three of you into the end zone, um, especially after <laughs> what he just did uh, around – to get out of the pocket and to get in the end zone. So those were my gripes, but again, that was in the first half and we really figured it out and, and brought out the grit in the second half and made sure that that didn't happen. Bill. The, uh, the, I'm, I'm with you, Pat, the defensive play in the first half was, I mean, it was soft. It was not grit. I can tell you that right now. We did not deserve to have grit on our helmets in the first half uh, on defense the woods walking into the end, end zone. We we are two guys. They they stopped. Like you could see, they slowed down. And that was brutal. That, that was, was bad. bad. That was yeah. really bad. And and it's a testament to what you were were saying, Pat. It's like, dude, this is the game where we have we literally have like an accordion folder of clips that we can pull from of just people UVA players getting trucked. When we play them, you look at the Greg Stroman hit, you look at the Logan Thomas hit, you look at the David Wilson hit. Like, like there's so many. Chad Nicholas and Kenny Canham yeah, rushing. Yep. Another one. There you go. Another, yes. Call it DJ Khaled out here because they're, they're just infinite. Um, didn't love the guys ducking contact in the first half. Bud Foster, like you said, would have been furious. Uh, Armstrong was. He was surgical in the first half. Wicks was having a great game. Woods was having a great game. 99, whose name escapes me, was having a great game. Ike was telling us about him. Uh, we were playing zone coverage, and we were giving a lot of cushion. They you know, they just had a lot of time to make plays. Uh, and then in the first half, another just problem this season, our pass rush, we couldn't get to him. We couldn't get to Armstrong. Uh, he had plenty of time to do his thing. And then in the secondary, just missed tackles. Uh, can we let them convert a lot of chunk plays, especially on third down? Uh, so it, for a time, for a time there, it looks like okay, the person who wins this game is going to have the ball last. That did end up being the truth. But I was like, here we go, we're in a shootout with Brennan Armstrong, uh, and finally we were able to shut it down. So yeah, I mean, I think the problems that we've pre- like look, the football team is who it is at this point. Right. Sure. Um, we're extremely, extremely limited through the air. Um, offensive line plays here and there. It was great against Virginia. Um, but my gripes are the same. 
our tackling is piss poor and our pass brush is piss poor again. Um, it was funny. One of the biggest plays of the entire game came on a, uh, on a huge pass rush with uh, Jordan Williams and company breaking through and, and causing that safety. But if you look at the entirety of the game, we had zero quarterback hurries and two sacks. I mean, it's just not, it's just not great. I mean, you know, but that, but that's who we are and we got to find ways to, you know, adjust and, and uh, make a difference in the game in other ways because the pass rush is not there and we have other, we have other challenges that we need to overcome uh, and piece it together as we can. Um, This doesn't really count for special teams. um, But I couldn't find anything to really gripe about for special teams. If you guys have something to add it, but uh, this was the second highest uh, amount of times during the season we were penalized. We were penalized 10 times for 84 yards. Um, with that said, this team getting a new coach, this team dealing with the adversity it's dealt with, no Trey Turner in this football game, uh, you know, rumblings all week about practice and new coach and this and that. I do have to say, and I'm turning a dislike into a like here, I love the grit and the tenacity and the um, togetherness and discipline this football team played with in a rivalry game. We're playing against Bronco Mendenhall, um, who has pretty well-behaved football teams. It's a senior-laden team, a really old football team. Um, They have stability, and quite honestly, throughout the entire game, we looked like the more disciplined football team, and I think it just comes back down to this rivalry after – decades of just dominating you and stepping on your throat and taking what's ours from you all the time and kind of being the guy at the lunch, you know, at lunchtime that beats the hell out of you and takes your five bucks your mom gave you for paninis and, you know, ice cream. Like that's kind of what it boiled down to. Like this team was more disciplined and this team handled business and uh, business as usual in the Commonwealth. Um, So we'll end dislikes with a like. I guess. And, and this is, you're talking about a game where there was minimal discipline. I mean, we had 10 penalties, <laughs> like there was, there were penalties all over the field. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just going to say, I, to zag you, Bill, I don't think we played very disciplined. Oh, I'm and not we, saying, I'm not saying that we played, that we played a disciplined football game. What I'm saying is compared to a team that hasn't fired their coach compared to a team that came into the game as, te- as, as point favorites compared to a team that has, one of the best offenses in the country. Um, we looked like the team that expected to win the football game and won the football game. Like sure. by no means am I saying this was, you know, a, a perfect example of a disciplined football team, but we looked like the team that of was the two. The football game. Yeah. Over, over, over Virginia. Yeah. So I got, I got, I got what you're saying. The game was decided because Virginia tech made explosive plays on offense to compete with the explosive offense of UVA tech controlled the play, uh, the pace of the game as well. Um, you know, we had the ball for over 31 minutes. We ran for over 300 yards. We played Virginia tech football. We ran the football very well on Saturday, um, but also super important in this game, in a rivalry game, we won the turnover battle um, two to one UVA. I had the interception um, or Brennan Armstrong threw the interception to Tay Daly at a pivotal point in the game. And then got to give a shout out to Norrell Pollard for not only poking the ball out, but also recovering um, on defense. I think our only turnover was the Blumrick fumble. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, UVA two turnovers, Virginia Tech one. Uh, Yeah. 
played played with a lot of moxie, uh, played ballsy uh, football, uh, had to in this game to to have any chance of winning, and and we did that when it would have been very easy for us to to not. We played to win the football game on uh, on Saturday. Uh, I think I think that's kind of a testament to a few other occurrences where we haven't done that as much, and we knew what was at stake, and we got it done. So credit to the guys, credit to Coach Price, and credit to the guys in the locker room. Grayson, I got to say, you've danced around it a couple times. You've said it's been ballsy. You said we've sacked up. It feels like you're teeing yourself up to say, look, the Bud Foster Classic, the guys just played their nuts off. The guys played their nuts off. And yeah, won the conference yeah. The Hokey time. Stones, baby. <laughs> Hokey Stones Stone steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. J.C. Price. J.C. Price doesn't let you on the bus without him. Nope. Out to Lunch, brought to you by Roots Natural Kitchen. You know, guys, when Tech played basketball against Radford a few weeks ago, we called it the Sharkies Classic. You guys have ever been to Sharkies Radford? I, I celebrated my 25th, 25th, maybe 24th birthday there a few years ago. This isn't about Sharkies, though. This is about Roots. You know what Saturday was? The Roots Classic. You know where Roots is from, right? Roots is from Charlottesville. Fun fact, it's actually one of the only good things to come out of that town other than Dave Matthews Band, and I think that's it. But and, and, all the, and all the Hokies that live or are from Charlottesville. But Roots Natural Kitchen is a fantastic place. It's on Price's Fork Road. We love Roots. We know there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of athletes at Virginia Tech that love Roots, too. You see Brock Hoffman there? He's there every single Sunday eating. What does he eat, Grayson? El Jefe Bowl, Lime, No Tabasco. The jury is still out on the No Tabasco decision, in my opinion. I'm getting Tabasco on my El Jefe. Mike Santa Maria also loves the El Jefe. Listen, if I'm in Blacksburg, I'm getting the El Jefe. But there's an extensive menu as well. You can get you know, some sweet potato bases, you know, a rice bowl, a greens bowl. It's the healthy alternative. You, know, you don't always have to go to those other places. I'm not going to say their names, but I'm going to say Roots is the healthier place to go for your food uh, on Sunday or on any day of the week. Head on down to Roots Natural Kitchen, download the Roots Natural Kitchen app and use the promo code SONSOFSAT21 to get 20% off of your order. Again, please download the app and head on down to Roots. That, that, uh, that code also works at the Charlottesville and Richmond locations, by the is way. Is that confirmed? That's huge. That is a huge change. That is confirmed. So wow. that's big time. That's Guys, big out to lunch. Who is out to lunch this week? Bronco Mendenhall was out to lunch. It's third down. The game is on the line. What do you do? You do a trick play to throw it to your 300-pound offensive tackle who is standing seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. Pretty just, dumb. Just not, not the play call you want, you want to put in there. When we're playing zone coverage. We yeah. had two guys waiting for him. Yeah. Waiting for him. The like uh doing <laughs> giving Strong. the ball to your most unathletic player on arguably the most important play of the game. But I mean, I, I'm minus the one that came immediately after it. But yeah, I mean, like that that was your chance right there. Hey, how about that poor tackle, man? If yeah. he, you know, he saw the writing on the wall when he when he lined up, I'm sure. But 
he's just standing there ready to catch the ball. And he's like, if I, if I drop this or if, you know, if I let this go, it's actually a fumble. He has to catch it seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. And Dorian strong makes the tackle. And all of a sudden it's fourth and 13 from the 14 and UVA is screwed. Stay daily is coming in and making a big play. So Bronco, you are out to lunch this week. Uh, congratulations. We'll send you a, uh, a gift card or something. Helmet stickers. Grayson, yes, who gets who gets the first helmet sticker from you? I got I got three. First, Trey Turner coming in at less than 100%, making the onside kick reception helmet sticker. Uh, second, to people not wearing helmets, all of Hokie Nation who was in attendance in Charlottesville gets a helmet sticker because we stormed their field because it's Lane Stadium North and we're allowed to do what we want at our house. <laughs> and guess what? Third helmet sticker, Brock Hoffman. Buddy pulls a Baker Mayfield and plants a flag at the middle of the field. Freaking awesome. Uh, love that. Can we, talk about field rush? can we talk about that? Yeah. I, I, have it to, I have it towards the end for environment. We'll save it because we can go on about that forever. Cool. Um, the add-ons that I have, shout out to Terrell Smith. He also did the uh, – the, there, there was a lot of flag planting going on. He did it first. Hard, in fact. Track, keep track. But I'll double down on your uh, forehead stickers for people without uh, for out without helmets. Our photographer Sophia Price, who has been just incredible all year, pushed her way through the masses of people to get some awesome pictures of the cup and Drake Deulis and Oscar, and she did a great job. She's done a great job all year. Um, and uh, yeah, we were glad to get her credentialed for this UVA game. And um, she has some incredible, incredible photos, some that we've shared already and more that we will share later this week. So um, yeah, she gets helmet sticker. All right, let's move into game ball. I'm going to go first here and give the game ball to Raheem Blackshear, 18 carries, 169 yards, one touchdown. Uh, dude was unbelievable and was also the... ACC running back of the week. Shout out to Raheem Blackshear. You get the game ball from me this week. I hope Raheem Blackshear gets the game ball this week and continues to get the actual football for weeks to come. Um, moving on from that, I'm going to go with Tay Daly. I agree, Pat. I think this was Tay Daly's best game as a Hokie. Um, he was great. Tay Daly had an awesome game, fired up for him. Um, we're, we were a little critical of him early on in the year. He's gotten better and Tay Daly played his uh played his hokey stones off. So way to go, Tay Daly. I'm going number three, Braxton Burmeister. Uh threw a touchdown and caught a touchdown. Uh if there's a one game to do that, it's it's this one. Uh, I think Braxton played a very good game on Saturday. And you know, he's been dinged up all season long. Uh, we we know he's not 100 percent Uh so um he's he's a tough son of a gun. And to see him out there doing his thing, still wanting to see this team win, trying to help this team win, game ball, well-deserved. So this isn't planned, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to throw it on your guys' plate. Where do we go from here? We're going bowling. We're going bowling. I can tell you where I hope we don't go, and that is to the military bowl. I have zero interest, zero, big fat zero zero interest in going to Washington DC to watch us play East Carolina, which surely would be nothing short of let down central. Um, There is no possible way that that can go well. 
And um, even with a win, there's there's literally no way that that can go well. Um, so th- that's how I feel about this. I'm hoping that's not where we go. You all know where I want to go. I want to go to the Pinstripe Bowl. I want to go to the Fenway Bowl. But Pat, what, what are your opinions on where we're going? I also have zero interest on going to the Military Bowl. That being said, if we go to the Military Bowl, I will do my best to go to the Military Bowl. <laughs> but we've we've played there twice in the last seven seasons. You know, Shane Beamer won us a game as head coach or as interim head coach in the Military Bowl and lost to Cincinnati in 2018. I was on the way to Los Angeles with my old man. Yeah, staying we at the Cosmopolitan. That was a terrible, terrible football game. Oh that was God. that was bad. Does anybody have a stronger opinion on the 2018? I, I I did not. I did not get to Los Angeles on New Year's Eve that day. A very happy camper. Uh, I can I can tell you that right now. Uh, I, I stamped that. I have no interest in the military bowl. I, I just. Something about a bowl game like far away or in a big city that isn't two hours from where I live is way more appealing. Uh, there's also, you know, there are, there's the flip side of that coin. Like J.C. Price said, he's never been to a bowl game that he didn't like. But I, I'm going to say I don't like the military bowl. It's too close to home. It's too close. Like, like why can't we play in the holiday bowl in San Diego? I'd like the military <laughs> bowl a lot better if we did not have to be matched up against East Carolina. Carolina. No That's the thing. That's the thing. No one wants to play East Carolina. No one from Virginia Tech wants to play East Carolina. I'm sure even Whit Babcock does not want to play against East Carolina. If you guys remember Florence, Hurricane Florence, uh, not the machine, but the hurricane. We have we have some uh we have some history with East Carolina. And and a lot of that is good history. East Carolina was great to us and and truly um you know, helped us in the healing of April 16th. And they made a very large donation to Virginia tech. And that was extremely um, incredible of them. As far as the football field goes, that is a, that is a completely different story. I think every Hokie fan is done with East Carolina. I would love to play in the pinstripe bowl against like Penn state. That'd be a lot of fun. Fenway bowl. Uh, sure. I'm not, I would be fired up. I would be fired. I would make t-shirts. I, you I'm know, not I'd going to the Fenway Bowl. I will go to the, I will go, I will definitely go to two bowl games, the Pinstripe Bowl and the Duke's, Duke's Mayo Bowl. I will 50-50 on military, and that's about it. But give me the, give me the Duke's. Duke's. no chance. Let's, let's go to the Queen City. Say what up to Pat Finn. Plenty of hokies down there. And like if we were to go to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, there's there's a good chance. We'd be facing the South Carolina Gamecocks. And for all of you that don't want to do that, why? Wait, 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 hang on. No one doesn't want to do that. Oh, no. I've seen multiple people say, why do we, why would we want to do that? I was like, I'd love to play in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. And several people wrote back, I don't want to play Shane. It's like, why? That would be so cool. I don't like, why? We're not not getting the Dukes Mayo Bowl. The Dukes Mayo Bowl gets to choose good teams. And unfortunately, we are not a good team. Well, that wasn't the argument. The argument was if we're, if, if, if we were selected, I would have loved to go to play and South Carolina. If yes. they're if they're interested, if they're interested in having, I would say this: they would be hard pressed to find a game that would get more asses and seats than South Carolina Virginia Tech. Fact. If you're solely I mean, interested get- in people watching the game and interested in selling out, like not selling out, but getting a good amount of people to go to the football game, that's it. 
point of the matter is I just don't want to play ECU. I don't want to go to the military bowl. I want to do something new. Uh, New York would be awesome. Boston would be awesome. Obviously San Diego would be sick. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, you know, bowl season will, uh, we shall see what happens. Um, I guess stuff that isn't football. <coughs> Let's talk about these two things. First thing I want to talk about has been an issue at UVA for a couple of years, ever since uh, Virginia Tech has been selling out their stadium. Pat, how full was the stadium for the game? I think that I think it holds fifty-five, and there was probably like forty-six thousand people there. the The hill was packed, but yes. you know, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands, of kids who have tickets. And an assigned seat, but they go to the hill because they want to socialize or meet up with their friends or whatever. Yeah, the tickets that we had uh, were eighty bucks, and it's it just it's it just bothers me that that's the the buy in for a game that that never sells out. Um, I know that. So how does it work when you buy a ticket? What do you have to give a twenty dollars donation to the to the to the no, to the? Well, I bought I bought through the Hokey Club. Okay, but how does it work typically? How did they do that in 2019 where you had to buy a ticket through UVA's website in some roundabout way? Yeah, you have to you have to make it I think you have to make a donation to UVA in order to get a ticket. And I don't know if there's like a minimum of $20 or something, but they do have some backwards tactic to kind of get you to donate to their athletic. Don't like that. Doesn't sound like it's very for all of Virginia of them, which is their, uh, which is their catchphrase. Um, and then let's talk about the environment. Let's talk about, um, Pat, you were there, so you kick it off. Just talk about the environment of the game, feeling in the stadium, and then obviously rushing the field. Leading up to the game, just kind of felt like, hey, let's hang out, have fun in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> the vibe was, it wasn't low. It was just, you know, as apathetic as it gets. A lot different, quite quite the inverse from 2019 where, you know, we came into Scott Stadium, we're going to win this game, we're going to win the Coastal, we're going to, you know, play for a spot in, in, a, in you know, a New Year's Six game. And, uh, but it was fun, you know, Hokie fans everywhere. Probably two out of every five fans at the game were wearing Virginia Tech colors, maybe more. Um, I do like how they give out the towels, it's probably just for their big games or the games against us because we are literally their everything. Um, but you know, that place does, does heat up. It does get loud. If you were at the West Virginia game, anyone listening, you know, they had the rally towels as well, the yellow ones, and they give out the orange ones at UVA. And I, th- I think the stadiums are kind of shaped in a similar way, or maybe I just, I'm the only person who gets this vibe. Cause you know, we sit in the same spot uh, in West Virginia as we did in Scott stadium, but I get similar vibes from both stadiums and both fan bases. Like Virginia fans do get into it. Uh, there's definitely more tech fans, but like, you know, that you're in someone else's stadium when you have the ball on third down. And that might sound surprising to folks who weren't at the game, but it actually is a great environment for football. A great, it's great for football in the state of Virginia. I, I want that game to be, intense every year i want it to be where it's coming down to the wire because both teams are good not because both teams are six and six but you get the point you know um competitive football games makes for a lot of fun in a rivalry especially when we come out on top um yeah we talked about rushing the field yeah talk to me about that i mean it was i think 
it's just, it's so hard to wrap your head around what it must feel like. Like I, I'm, I'm really not talking trash. I'm, I'm legitimately like the fact that you're at home on your senior day and the game is over and you're walking off the, your field where you practice, where you run, where you exercise, where you walk past when you go to class and there are a thousand, two thousand people from your arch rival school running onto your field. I, I like, I, I have a really hard time wrapping, <laughs> wrapping my head around that. How did they let it happen? I think the funniest thing about that is you saw in the jumbotron. Please do not approach the field at this time, or what something like that. It was along those lines, and every Virginia <laughs> Tech fan was like, "Well, this is our stadium, so we'll do what the damn well we please." And uh, yeah, we're gonna go watch Brock Altman plant the flag because it's funny because I took a video on my phone as uh, as the fans were running on the field. And you can hear the PA announcer. There's probably already like, you know, 800 tech fans on the field at this point. And the PA announcer is coming over. Please do not run on the playing field. And there's like, dude, you, uh, you missed that memo a couple minutes ago, but um, it's like, it's something you think you would see like in a high school rivalry where you see the visitors rushing the home field. It's a lot to break down. I don't know how frequently that happens in college football, but I know it happened in 1995 after the, the Jermaine Holmes touchdown catch to ice the game. I know it happened in 2015 because I was there uh, running down from the hill and all the Hokie fans partied in the end zone. But just to, to really think about how many people you have to have in your opposition stadium to be able to do that and get away with it and it not really be an issue because – there is power and strength in numbers. Um, and if you think about it, we could do that every year from now on if we want. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think UVA is going to get wise. Uh, if, if, they know what's what? good for them, if they know what's good for them, they will not let that happen again. But I don't know, I, I, I don't what know do you if they know what's good for them. I don't know if they know. I don't think they what do know. Mean, what do you do? I, I don't know. Like, you get if the people with the neon here's, jackets here's out there and make a human. No, no, you can't. The neon you jackets can't aren't allowed to. The, yeah, the neon jackets aren't allowed to, by law, touch people. They're just there to. Yeah, but the feds are. The police are. How many feds are you going to put at the at the game? A, a five hundred? <laughs> I thought this was so funny. Like in the post game, like I thought this was hilarious. Like. Tech fans were – I'll blame both. Tech fans, UVA fans, and the reporters asking Brennan Armstrong after the game were like, I don't know how the people there let that happen. Like, uh, you know, if I was there, uh, what are you going to do? What, what are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to Are you gonna uh, assault 2,000 people from running on the field? No, you're not going to do that. Um, like, it, that just – it is what it is. It's it's 20 years of, of getting dominated. It's having half of this, you know, three, four, uh, a quarter of the stadium be of the opposition. Like what do you want Brennan arm? Like UVA fans, what do you want Brennan Armstrong to do? Go full, like, you know, um, Connor McGregor, like, like, start, just start, like, like, people, like he could do that. And it wouldn't have made a difference. He would have just looked like a jerk. And got at an the end of the day. charge at, at yeah. the end of the day. It's like, he's a, he's, he's a player, but he's a person. You know? If you don't want it to happen, win the football game. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. You know, yeah. no, no class or disrespect or whatever. Hey, man, it's a rivalry game. No one got hurt. It was a ton of fun. Like, beat us next time and uh, 
You won't have to worry about that. Yeah. And people love to say like, uh, this would never happen at Lane Stadium. Well, you're right because UVA doesn't travel like that to Lane to Lane Stadium. It has nothing to do with like how much people like their team or anything. It's just like Pat said, it's strength and numbers. Like there were, I'd say easily five to 8,000, probably more than that Virginia Tech fans of this game. And five to eight. No, there had to be like 15, 20,000, 15, 15 to 20. I was trying to undercut it, but I mean, sure. You were there 15 to 20,000 people. It is what it is. There's, there's nothing you're going to do about it. There's no way you can wise up and change it. It's just win more, I guess. (laughs) And I, and I think Colin Cowherd said it best when he said, and I quote, the factor of the matter is UVA is soft. Everybody knows UVA is soft. And so it's like when you're, when you're soft, I mean, you're not, you're not going to be out there throwing hands. So it's like, what are we talking about? Win the football game. In the words of Marshawn Lynch, run through a something's face. Then you don't have to worry about him anymore. But you didn't run through our face. We ran through yours. So we don't have to worry about you anymore. This is what it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Letters from the lunch pail. Do we have any closing thoughts or are we good? No. Uh, business as usual. <laughs> I, I'm unbelievably surprised. Um, I'm 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 extremely surprised by the result that we've come to get used to. So I won't ever doubt us again in this game. I, I, I actually, yeah. How did this happen? <laughs> How does this happen? An offense like theirs, one of the best offenses in the world, going against what's looked like an incompetent team that has no way of playing a complete football game. We lost to Boston College 17 to 3. How did you lose to us? Like, like, oh, like this is what, like the third time in 10 years that the stars have aligned and, you know, tech fans have lamented at the fact that we had to play like midway through the season this year. I'm like, dude, I do not. I, I do not want to play UVA this year. UVA scoring a million points a game. We, we can't complete, you know, 27% of our passes. Um, we literally don't have a head. We do not have a head coach. Like there is in the head coach's office. There is nobody there nobody's in the head coaching office and you guys lost again. You guys lost again to a, to a, to a, a headless horse, a horse with no head. What are we like? What? Oh, can't believe it. Cannot believe it. If you're a UVA fan, I'd be pissed too. I'd be embarrassed too. Embarrassing. So bad. So bad. Okay. Sorry. That's just mine. It's mind blowing. If we were in this position, I'd be devastated. Go check out our go check out our t-shirts. They're on uh, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, and they're on our website. Our Saturday.com backslash shop. Go check it out. Shout out to Al Jones. Center City Hokie says, which was the better day for Virginia Tech football? All things considered. Day one of the season, beating Carolina at home. Last day of the season, beating UVA at UVA. That's a great question. I think I'm going to have a dancer different than both of you. That's fine. Look, dude, look, I, I'm, I'm saying last because while the UNC game was awesome, you know, we thought a lot of things after that game. Knowing what it is I know now, I did not expect to beat UVA. I didn't. I thought we were going to get crushed. I really did. And on that alone, there is nothing like beating UVA. There's no nothing compares to it. Maybe winning, definitely winning a national championship, but nothing compares. No game on the schedule I care about more than beating UVA. We beat them. 
I am on cloud nine. I will be for the entire month of December because of what happened on Saturday. Thank you, God. So that's, uh, yeah, last day of season, thousand percent. That, I'll probably agree with that just because, I mean, if you told me we were going to go six and six and we could beat either Carolina or beat Virginia, I would choose Virginia. Um, the weekend, the Carolina weekend, unbelievable. So much fun. But just, UNC is a bunch of frauds too. Like that's a different they, discussion. Yeah, I mean, my, all three teams went six and six. Like, yeah, at least we uh, we beat both of them. But I would have to say UVA as well. I'm just going to say this in real time. This is happening. This is breaking news. LSU is expecting to hire Brian Kelly as the school's next head coach. You can hear the phones. You can hear it's the on phones. On Saturday, or... Irish boys, how are you doing? An announcement <laughs> could come as early as tomorrow. So. What I thought so I thought this was just going to be Brian Kelly trying to get you know more money for facilities or something because I mean Notre Dame has nice facilities they don't have SEC facilities but that's insane so LSU fills their spot USC fills their spot and now open is Notre Dame and Oklahoma but you got to think about this just like it's been a tough cycle you got Florida Florida Oklahoma Notre Dame. USC, LSU, and LSU all needing to get new coaches. Um, and Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech, like word of crazy, word. crazy competition. I think, today, I, th- I think Freeman's going to get the Notre Dame job, so I don't think that causes a, a, a as a big embarrassment as maybe as as we as we may think. Oklahoma is interesting. Oklahoma is definitely interesting. I'm hoping Venables takes that spot. Let's let's just uh, they could some, use some defense over there. That's for sure. Some, uh, get some folks. Get some folks out of the ACC. Um, yeah. um, who knows? I mean, maybe Fickle. Luke Fickle goes yeah. from Cincinnati to Notre Dame. The Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame, Cincinnati pipeline. Brian Brian Kelly was hired from Cincinnati. Uh, I guess what was it, eight nine years ago? But um, yeah, crazy Billy. What did you think? Yeah. So here's here's my take on the um, UVA UNC thing. I think, yeah, we all agree. Uh, we'd we'd want to beat UVA over UNC. Well, we beat them both, so I'm kind of throwing that out the window. I look at it this way. Um, beating UNC, it was the first time that we had beaten a top 10 opponent in Lane Stadium in whew, a, a long, long time. It was the first time that Virginia Tech didn't fall flat on its face in a primetime matchup, regardless of what happened after that game, regardless of who UNC became, regardless of all of that, Virginia Tech was front and center as we came out of COVID. We're talking pandemics, friends. Coming out of a pandemic, Virginia Tech was front and center. And and just how happy that that game and that environment and that weekend made me. Um, It was really cool to see Virginia Tech from a national perspective win a game that means something at home. And you could see that the Terra Dome was still alive, well kicking, and 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 still existed. So that's that's my argument for North Carolina. Um, you know, I I I I think just being on a national scale and and from a recruiting perspective, from a everybody kind of seeing the brand perspective, that that was my angle on the UNC game. I respect that, man. I respect that. You can argue both. You can argue both. Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. For, I'm I mean, glad we won both. Both huge wins. So. Next question. Uh, oh, go ahead, buddy. Brian Holbrook. Yes. Yeah. Brian, Brian Holbrook was a little confused by this question. So let's all just kind of try to chip away at it here. I'm not really sure what it means. 
with so many jobs opening up, do Witt's comments from the infamous press conference about not wanting to miss on hiring a new coach become even more critical? I think he was right about that part, by the way. I mean, I, uh, I'm, I'm wondering which press conference this is referring to. Is this, this last year or last year or this year? Yeah. Um, but my, I mean, my initial reaction is basically like, I mean, it's important period. Like, you know, regard, regardless, I think it's, I think it's going to be really challenging. I think it's gonna be really hard. I mean, if you want to think about something, did coach Fuente do us a favor by not coaching out by, by accepting the mutual, mutual parting early to get us at least some sort of head start in this coaching cycle. I mean, man, like it is, who knows by the time this, this whole thing is going to be over. I mean, everybody's looking for somebody and who knows if we're going to get it right. So this is definitely in my lifetime, the craziest coaching carousel deal I've ever seen. So that, that, that's my answer. I'm glad I'm not in charge of making this decision. Um, That would not be fun. No. A lot of gray hairs yeah. over that. We're not having fun. Yeah, l- l- yeah, that's a different discussion. Can we uh, expedite the process? <laughs> I think we're all getting a little antsy. <laughs> uh, Andrew Shoemate, how do coaches balance trying to win the bowl game and using the extra practice to develop younger players? Is it an even split, or does one side get more focus? Um, generally, the way this works is guys get some time off. Uh, right now, guys are enjoying some time off. And then you'll, since you have three weeks, you're getting a lot of time where players are doing, <clears throat> you get the the twos and the threes are going to get a lot more reps in terms of, in terms of, uh, of like scrimmage time. Like usually the last 30 minutes of practice will be a little bit of scrimmage time. Um, the first couple of weeks of practice, they're getting a lot more time in one-on-one drills. They're getting a lot more time in developmental stuff. Um, and just kind of improving their game, finding ways to get them ready for that next season. So it's extremely important. Like Coach Price said, it's 15 more practices that a player is going to get. You multiply that by four years, you know, that's a whole lot of practices. Or multiply it by seven uh, for for guys like Terrell Smith, that's a whole lot of practices. So, you know, with the NCAA restrictions on how much time guys are able to be on the field, how much time players and coaches are able to interact, it's huge. It makes a huge difference. Uh, I think of guys like Wilfred Penne. I think of guys like Daywan Lofton, Jalen Jones, uh, Taj Bullock. Those are guys who are going to benefit a ton from a little bit of extra time. Uh, and then when it gets closer to game time, you get into your typical practice routine. Usually when you're around 10 to seven days away from game time, you just get into your normal game day. Um, week of practice. I hope that answered your question. I think that's uh, that answer suffices. I don't have anything to add there. No. Steve Bryce, why is this coaching search starting to resemble the incompetence that got us in this situation? Um, we're not we're not the best job in college football right now. We're just not. If if Notre Dame ends up being open and Oklahoma is open, we're one of the better jobs. But like, I, you know, you have to factor. There's a lot of nice jobs opening up in college football right now that are more blue blood than Virginia Tech. That's a fact. I want to reserve my judgment on, on this subject until after the hire is made. But right now, just, just with all these other announcements having come out, like, look, Florida, Florida announced Dan Mullen was fired on Sunday and they had Billy Napier sign the contract the next Sunday, you know, seven days. We fired Coach Fuente, I guess, three weeks ago on this upcoming Tuesday, right? And nothing yet. 
Um, so either one of our candidates is coaching in a conference championship this weekend, or we just have no idea what's going on. Uh, we will find out, but I don't know. I don't know if we can really answer that question until, until the fat lady sings here, but I am worried. I am worried. And I don't think it's fair to not be worried. Pat, I would just say, I would, you know, and, and I would say this to anybody, I would reserve your judgment until two years down the road, your team play football. Like, you know, I think, I think regardless of who we hire, people are either going to be really upset or be really happy about it. And you have to look no further than when we hired coach young. Um, at the end of the day, we're going to hire somebody and I think we're going to be happy and people are going to be happy or people are going to be pissed. Like one of those two things are going to happen. Um, I would just forewarn everybody. Everybody wants to hire a coach. Everybody wants to have it done. I just want it done right. I don't care if we hire a coach four weeks from now. I don't care if we hire a coach tomorrow. I, I've obviously from like, I really want to know perspective. I would love to make the hire today, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I I've said it since the beginning. I still feel this way until I'm, I, 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 I need to feel a different way. I trust, uh, Whip Babcock's hiring ability and however long that takes, whatever it takes until proven the otherwise, I'm going to leave it that I'm going to leave it there. And then whenever we find out who it is, we're going to write a bunch of articles, talk a lot and, and go under the microscope about somebody that we're really not going to know a lot about until 24 months from now, when we have a little bit of a pool of product going on at Virginia tech. So when we have data, like baking pie, if you want the pie to taste good, you preheat the oven to 450 degrees and you let it bake for as long as it needs to, to taste good. In this coaching carousel, I'm prepared to take however long it takes for that pie to come out a crispy golden brown. I'll put it that way. Wow. You know, I, 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 you know, I want it to be right. I want the recipe to be right as much as everybody else does. Don't, you know, put it in the oven, let it sit for five minutes at 200 degrees, and then it's going to come out and be shit. Not golden brown. Right Not golden brown. So I, I hope we get it right when the time comes. Put it that way. That does it for smiling shout outs. Um, Sharky shout outs. I have one. Uh, Bucky Hodges was working out with Tay Daly and Raheem Blackshear today. Thought that was pretty cool. Um, shout out to a couple of great Hokies. Um, Raheem Blackshear, Bucky Hodges, and Tay Daly all getting right at uh, some uh, gym down at the 757. Love to see it. And a handful of shout outs here. First shout out goes to Ann Castle. Got to meet Ann Castle before the game. Had a nice chat uh, during the pregame warm-ups and whatnot. Um, hopefully we see Ann at some of the basketball games this year in Blacksburg. Shout-out to Carter Wyant, hooking me up with the GLT. GLT stands for Good Luck Taco. It was the fourth quarter. We needed some good luck. He comes emerging down into the section 111, hands me a taco. He says, yo, good luck taco. Within 45 seconds, that good luck taco was gone. Uh, shout out to Karsten and Heart Daddy and Uptown Pete and Monica Fox. Jeff Jordan. Guys, Johnny Jordan's uncle Jeff. I think I've well, shouted him guy. out before. He's a section fiver. Sat next to him all season in section five. And, uh, you know, he makes the drive down from, from Pennsylvania outside of Philadelphia. Goes to every single game to support his family. Uh, shout out to Johnny and Jeff Jordan. Got a sweet picture with Jeff uh, on Saturday. Clark Rulin saw Clark, saw Jack Crockett, uh, Oscar saw him uh, at the very end of the game. And then my guy, 
I want to say it's Derek J. Derek J. Hokey or Derek Johnson Hokey uh, approached me after the game and um, he said he was in the um, in the Marching Virginians back when he was at Tech and that he listens to the pod. So wanted to give you a shout out, Derek. I want to say it was Derek J. Hokey or DJ Hokey, but appreciate you saying what's up. And uh, yeah, how about you, Grayson? I'm going to finish this uh, with, I, I want to shout out my dad because, you know, my, my no one loves his game. No one feels better after the Hokies beat the Wahoos ass than, than Randy Wimbish. Uh, and he was at a wedding. His one of his, one of his closest friends in the entire world, his fraternity brother, George, his daughter, Eliza, got married this past weekend. Congrats to Eliza and her husband. Uh, so my, my, my old man and my mom were at the reception and my dad was texting me during the reception saying, dude, like, I can't watch. I don't know what's going on. All I have is Twitter. And sure enough, <laughs> he calls me after the game and he's like, did we beat those clowns? And I said, Hokies win. He's like, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> and there's like a nervous tremble in his voice. I could tell he was a nervous wreck because he just didn't know what was going on. Uh, so Hokies win. There's, there's nothing better than, uh, then the Hokies beating UVA and the Wimbish household. Remember, we do not go to Charlottesville if you're a Wimbish. And uh, we're going to be talking about this one for the next month. So can't wait to see old man Randy at, uh, at Christmas. We're going to chop it up. Uh, that's all I got, really. That does it for us. Keep your eyes and ears open. We have a, a Hokie Hoops podcast dropping here in a couple of days. Virginia Tech keeps the Commonwealth Cup. Find out where we're going to a bowl game. Hopefully find out where we uh, – who's going to be coaching sometime soon. And then also hopefully we start winning some basketball games on a little bit of a skid. Lost two in a row. BK uh, was not kind to the Hokies. BK is never kind to the Hokies. Barkley uh, yeah, Center, Center's got it out for us. Don't know. No, no, no. It's like so, we got Georgia Dome back in the day. Mm-hmm. For those of you uh, that have a little Hokie history, yeah. we'll go over that another time. But anyway, I hope everybody has a great week, and we will talk to you soon. To wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know it's what you're thinking. Take a hit, it's not